0: Learn more at marines dot com. Pittsburgh Steeler fans. Hey hey, 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 welcome my friends. Hope you're all doing well. What a beautiful day to listen to some really good music. My name is Brian Anthony Davis from behind the stillcurtain.com. I am the podcast producer with me, or my really good friends, and I mean that. Uh, not because I have to spend every single Monday with these guys, because I genuinely think these guys are great and fantastic at what they do. Tony Defio and Shannon White. Tony, what is going on?
1: I'm feeling the love. I I, I feel this. And ditto to quote Sam from uh, one cheers episode with Diane ditto to you, Brian, and you, Shannon, too. I'm so glad to be here with you guys. How are you guys doing?
0: Shannon, what's up with you? I'll ask you that first.
2: It's good to be here with y'all. And you look very dapper, man.
0: Very dapper. Thank you. I feel uh, underdressed. I was, well, there's, I did not get the message out to you about the new dress code, but I expect you in a tux next week, Mr. White and Tony, I'm looking for something from the Chippendales catalog.
1: Well, I'm getting there. I'm, uh, I'm down my, my, I haven't been this late since, uh, like the age of 23. So, I mean, time to pass out the eye candy. It's almost Halloween.
0: <laughs> there you go. So, Hey, let's do it. Um, yeah, this is called the hangover and man, we've been hungover for now four weeks now and it, it really feels like I've been hit by a truck with my football team and it's tough. And if you listen to my episode of bad language today, you're going to hear me talk about how we're just not used to this. This is uncharted waters for us. Now, for those of you like Tony and Shannon White, we had some rough years in the eighties. They weren't all bad, but we've seen this. But I think the number one thing that has me feeling really weird right now is it just does not feel. It actually feels worse than anything in the 80s. And Rob Titoff says the worst since 1988. And that's that's true. I, I feel pretty bad. So, guys, 1988 was probably the low water mark. not even 2003. In 2003, netted the Steelers' Ben. And 86 wasn't great, but this just feels like a low point right now, 2022. Shane, I'm gonna start with you. How do you feel comparing this team to how bad that team of 88 was?
2: I think it's very similar. Um, and as far as no didn't like the word rebuild either. Uh no was a very proud. Man, a proud coach. Uh, he had built something, uh, you know, epic, something elite with the Steelers. And so, you know, it was hard for him to accept that maybe the game had passed him by in a way. Uh, and, and, you know, the Steelers finally figured it out. And then we, you know, uh, Coach Snow, he, he took his well-deserved retirement. And um, because I, I feel like the Steelers were there again. And they're refusing to say rebuild. And, and you say, well, it doesn't matter what words they use. It does matter. It's a mindset. And if you're going to rebuild, you approach each uh, free agency period, each draft with a different mindset. And, you know, picking Najee Harris and Pat Fairmuth was the actions of a team who thought they were a player two away from being a contender again, which they were not. There were nowhere close to being a contender again, and I think that that we are starting to see the full impact of a team that's been overly reliant on its star power, meaning Ben Roethlisberger on offense and TJ Watt on defense. And if you don't have neither one of those guys, Tomlin stands on the sidelines and he looks like a uh, unapproving parent mm-hmm. who disapproves of everything he sees out there, but he has no clue how to discipline. No clue how to fix it. And that's what we're starting to see. Uh, A coaching staff that's not up to par. Uh, Tomlin needs help from his coordinators and he's not getting it. You know, we could, there's talk about, uh, you know, they had the same talk back in 88. And, you know, it took a few years to change, to see the changes. And so we're just going to to see how long it takes this time.
0: Very good, Tony. So, you know, those were some very sharp words from Shannon White, and I'm not going to disagree with any of them because I'm good. Look, everybody has an opinion of where the Steelers should start. So the name of the show, and you had a hand in this, Tony, was Choose Your Own Steelers Adventure. And it's the narrative. And we're asking you all to choose your narrative. So what's your narrative around this team and follow up with what, what Shannon had to say.
1: My narrative is it's it's a cycle. I mean, people talk about 88 and that's a good, that's a good barometer. That's a good uh, low point in in franchise history since the uh, bless you since the, the uh, merger, but you know, the late nineties were pretty bad here. Uh, Starting at the end of 98 through early 2000, they lost 18 out of 24 games and it went stretch. I mean, that was pretty darn bad. And people were in denial back then too, about, about how, how bad the team was and how, why aren't they contending and, and they have just as much talent as anybody in their league, but they lost so many free agents and it caught up to them eventually. It took them a, f- a better part of three years to get through that cycle. and uh, uh, we saw it in the early 2010s, you know 2012, 2013 through 2014, it was pretty bad. I think they lost 11 out of 15 games over the course of two plus years. You know and I think that's where they're at right now. I mean how many times has this team been behind by two scores or more in a game? dating back to the end of 2020. I, I counted, I think 15 or 16, uh, between late 2020 and, 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 so far this year, that's a lot. That's a, that's indicative of a team that's, that's, uh, bad right now. And they just have to keep fighting through it. I mean, they, they, they decided to, to to start over at quarterback, uh, with, uh, Kenny Pickett, he's their future. And what's that saying? When, when you're going through hell, you got to keep on going. So, uh there uh, the answers really aren't i don't think are, are g- going to be easy to find for this team and when you look at the, the gap between them and buffalo uh, yesterday or sunday i mean it was it was pretty striking you know and it's just like the late 80s the gap between them and teams like the 49ers and even the bengals in their own division teams like that it, you, you know it, it's 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 striking so you know you have to you have to figure things out um in house right now. And that, and that starts with, with uh, developing the, your future quarterback and Kenny Pickett. And that, I think that's where they have to focus their attention on right now. Um, and, 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 and figure out, uh, what they have in him and, and rally around him.
0: All right. So here's the question that we want to ask and look, this is the huge narrative is Anybody getting a huge is somebody in an elevator? (laughs) I keep hearing a beep. Is that me? Or is
2: no, it's me. Let me try to turn it off.
0: All right, thanks. Um, so here's the thing. We we're hearing different kinds of narrative, and though I am not on look, I am not on the fire Mike Tomlin bandwagon. I'm not there. If you are there though, I'm not going to disrespect you. And say that you're wrong. The because that's your opinion, and I don't have a problem with that. Here's why I'm going to tell you this, though, it's not going to happen because this is not the way the Pittsburgh Steelers do things. And you can blame Art Rooney too for that. You could blame his father for that, and you could blame his grandfather for that. But that's they stick with guys, and we've seen them time and time again. We've Guys, I, I just I just looked at uh, I think it was Nate Van Slyke that said something. Hey, I, I didn't I became a fan in 05 and 06. I was born in 94, so I didn't see the late 80s and the 90s. But the late 90s, man, if you were a fan of Bill Cower at the time, he was on a the fans had him on a hot seat. Doesn't mean right. the Rooney family had him on a hot seat, so It it, kind of like that. And I just, I understand. And I, I feel like a lot of people are very frustrated with Mike Tomlin and you have every right to be frustrated with Mike Tomlin. But for me, I don't think they're going to do it. So that's a hard Avenue for me to go down right now because it's, it's very unlikely to happen. And we can sit here and say, Oh, they should do this and they should do that. But, What we really need to do is try to figure out where you are with this team. And one of the reasons I bring that up is because I've I've seen a lot of different things. And we talk about how bad that 88 team was. That 88 team and the 89 draft, let me talk about some guys in the 89 draft. Troy Aikman goes number one. Of course, Tony Manorich went number two. But then you had Barry Sanders, Derek Thomas, Deion <laughs> Sanders, Broderick Thomas, and then the Steelers are picking Tim Worley. But the reason I bring that up is they ended up 5-11 and that season, and they picked seventh. With four games to go, what was their record, Tony? You know? I,
1: be- I believe they were, if I'm not mistaken, they were 2-10, and ten, right? They were 2-10. and ten. Yes, and they won three three out of their last four with a very bad team. Yeah.
0: And I, I could remember that because they were in prime position. And I remember one of the things that I did at the time was and I was in high school, but I remember thinking, you know, this is this is kind of odd to me. I, I can't root for them to lose because you know I embrace this team, and even when when they're sacrificing draft position it's hard for me now a lot of people are are actually thinking right now that it's time to hang it all up and try to get that number one pick if man if they if the season ended today which it doesn't they have the number two draft pick in the national football league behind Carolina who care who fired their coach today and Carolina's done that a lot um once again I just don't see that happening but we've seen them come through more and more. And this is very reminiscent for me of a one and four team in 2019 that ended up eight and eight and they were eight and five at one point, And it was duck Hodges and it was Mason Rudolph. Am I saying that's going to happen? No, but this is a team that with a one and four record can still make the playoffs mathematically, but it just doesn't feel like, like they're going to. So Shannon, Where are you right now? What's your narrative for this team? And when I say what's your narrative for this team, what's your fandom for this team right now? What are you looking for? Last week, you talked about, you know, building for the future and not getting anybody majorly hurt. So what what were you looking at this week?
2: I I haven't changed at all. Uh, In the offseason, it was all about the rebuild, whether they acknowledge it or not. I wanted to see them add talent, which they did. A lot of young talent uh, on the offensive line, it, receiver. Jalen Warren looks like the real deal at running back. They got a potentially a quarterback for the future. Hopefully, we're going to find out. I thought the Pickett played an excellent game yesterday as far as his composure. He had a lot of fight in him. He competed from beginning to end. He stood in there and took shots right. To the last split second, and he threw the ball accurately in those cases. Uh, the interception, I'm sure he'd like to have back. But all in all, I think he uh, give a good representation of himself and what he can become against the number one pass defense in the NFL. What what what's the big problem here? Is th- there's need doesn't need to be a focus on the playoffs. This is a, a, a rebuilding. This is a improvement every week. You watched two totally different franchises yesterday. The Bills are schematically driven. They have a defensive scheme. They can lose two or three players. They were missing multiple guys. And they can plug in guys who can uphold that standard, as the Steelers like to talk about, because it's all scheme-driven, not star-driven. They are better than the sum of their parts. The Bills schematically are superior to the Steelers by a wide margin, not just talent. And therefore they can lose a guy and not have a huge drop-off. The Steelers lose one or two guys, which they lost quite a few yesterday throughout the game. But it's like night and day, it's a it's a nightmare scenario because it's not a schematic or scheme driven, it's star power driven. And you you see that and there's a they were out coached and outclassed. And uh, so I'm looking at Pickett. I'm looking at Pickens, and hopefully that's going to be a great connection. I'm looking at Warren. But we're already seeing the effects of driving Harris into the ground last year, just, you know, having to do an act of Congress just to get back to the line of scrimmage. Well, we're starting to see him suffer some little aches and pains and and stuff that's keeping him from being 100%. Pat Firemuth, I think it's four concussions um in a very short period of time yeah and i mean that'll end their career and you know he's doing it by he was fighting for extra yardage yesterday and he gets hit from both sides and you know i mean that can end his career and those are the two guys we picked over some offensive linemen when they should have been trying to rebuild you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, but the mindset has to change. And they have to get better quality assistants, coordinators, uh, guys who can, can put in a scheme that's up-to-date, not this soft zone, passive-aggressive, what they're calling a defense right now. It was torched yesterday. If it wasn't for Buffalo making multiple mistakes, multiple mistakes, that would have been – it could have easily been the 51 – Nothing, you know, that we've seen in '89. So, I mean, that's as bad as it's been in over three decades. And so, there's no reason to even talk about playoffs and what can they do to win out the rest of the year and all this stuff because it ain't happening. But they they have an opportunity to develop and see what they really need going into next offseason because they got the highest paid defense in the NFL and yesterday. That's the most overpaid defense in the NFL. Because the money's tied up in Watt and Fitzpatrick and a few guys. But that that was not a uh that was awful yesterday. Just flat out unacceptable.
0: It was awful the whole way around. Tony Shannon just mentioned something about you know not even thinking about playoffs. But what happens if this team does something like they did in 2019 and go from one and four to eight and five with three games to go. I mean, is there a situation where this is the kind of Steelers team that could go ahead and put things together on the fly? Or is this the team that, that, you know, isn't even close to what they were in 2019?
1: Well, they're certainly not Close to what they were on defense. I mean, we we see we see that. I mean, uh, Jeffrey Benedict had a great article. I was really he really opened my eyes about the defensive line and how much it's regressed over the last few years. And I paid attention to that on Sunday because of that article. And I, I saw they they weren't getting any push whatsoever. And and Josh Allen had a nice uh, pocket right there. So it's not going to come from the defensive side. What's going to have to happen if, if that's going to happen again? It's going to have to be like a cult of personality, and, and and that's with Kenny Pickett becoming a, a, a mega star in a short period of time and, and uh, them rallying around him and them re- discovering that he might be the real deal and them having confidence in him to, to, uh, to lead this offense. And, and, you know, obviously uh, being smart as a coaching staff and realizing what you have in, in uh, George Pickens as a receiver, and he should be your, your, your top weapon in the passing game. It's going to have to be, it's going to have to come from the offense. It's not going to come from the defense. There's just no way, not until T.J. White comes back, and that won't be now probably told from what we're hearing, the bye. So it's going to have to come from the offensive side of the ball, which seems weird to say because look what this offense produced <laughs> over the last two years. Um, So I, I think that's what it's going to have to take. Now, if it happens, and now obviously, of course, we're all going to be uh, rallying behind that, behind it. But I, I don't really see a way right now, unless it's, it comes from an unknown, which is which is Kenny Pickett, and, that, and that's the beauty of sports is you, you, you just never know. Nobody saw Ben Roethlisberger coming on the scene in 2004 and, and reeling re- 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 off, you know, what, 14 games in a row, whatever it was in a regular season. Um, so it's going to have to come from Kenny Pickett, I think. And, and, I, and I, I think I was really encouraged what I saw from him on, on Sunday against the Bills. Um, he, he has poise. He has moxie. He's not afraid to fight. His teammates, obviously uh, James Daniels, they're not afraid to stick up for him um, they're they're quick to do that so i think they're starting to believe in him and i think it's up to the coaches now slowly i'm sure because they are coaches to to start believing in him and opening th- opening things up for him and we saw a little bit of that yesterday but not as much as i wanted to see there's still a lot of sideline passes a lot of contested uh catches with the, with the receivers coming back to the ball that same old thing it's not going to work even with Kenny Pickett so you're going to have to try something else with him and start believing in him as your guy and believing in some of these young players and and stop um being so passive on offense and being more aggressive. We've been saying it every week for I don't know what like like uh two and a half years. So, uh, it's gonna have, it's gonna have to be Kenny Pickett, it's gonna have to be uh George Pickens, it's got to be this offense, which is again, it, it sounds crazy, but but it's not going to be the defense. They're not generating in a pass rush, and that's been their calling card as a team since 2017. And they've had three sacks since uh, Watt went out. And until he comes back, it's clear that they're not going to – they don't have what it takes to get after the quarterback on a regular basis. And, and if you don't get after the quarterback, I don't care who your, who your defensive backs are. I don't care if you have Neon, Dion, Mel Blunt, and uh, Rob Woodson back there. They're not going to make much of a difference. So uh, the offense has to open things up, and and that's the only way it's going to happen.
0: All right, so Kenny Pickett, he had 327 yards yesterday, and – That was one of those situations when he's playing from behind. He threw 52 balls. But the problem with this offense, though, that what really frustrated me is pretty much the entire first quarter and a little bit into the second, it was run, run, pass, run, run, pass, run, run, pass. And it was very predictable. So Mike Tomlin made a comment yesterday. And I'm just going to say this is what I thought because a lot of people ran with it. This was your headline. Tomlin says changes are going to be made. If you listen to the press conference, that's not what happened. The question that was asked to Mike Tomlin was, will there be changes? And he said, Hey, we just got smashed. Mm -hmm. Yes. There's going to be change. I mean, there um, nobody's safe. Basically they said, does that include your coaching staff? He did not say yes. He just said, we got smashed. You know, there's no other way. Everybody's accountable. And, and he said that. So right away, people were thinking that Matt Canada is going to be fired. Is Matt Canada the first domino that
2: should fall, Shannon? Well, first off, I'm not blaming Tomlin for everything. You know, I mean, I'm not happy, but I'm not blaming Tomlin for everything. Uh you know, he is the man in charge. He's the one who hired these coordinators. Um, you know, every coach has a weakness, every player, every person. Um, some coaches are offensive-minded coaches. As you said last week, man, Tomlin's a defensive-minded coach. And so I think that, you know, he is uh, has a heavy hand on the defense. So when it looks like it does now, uh, it's his defense. It's it's the, the – what he was raised on, what he cut his teeth on. Um, and he's always had guys that he's had to lean on on as offensive coordinator. But, you know, the truth is, they haven't really had an offensive coordinator since Bruce Arians and Haley. You know, Randy Fitchner, it was Ben's offense, and Randy Fitchner helped him be able to run his offense. And last year, it was Ben's offense. It wasn't Canada's offense. We know that. They didn't have the talent to run it. You know, again, Canada now has all the components that he says he needs. I think that it's still too early to say, okay, well, if you get rid of Canada, things are going to improve. Um, because Kenny Pickett's played one full game of football. I guess the number one defense, pass defense in the NFL. Uh, you know, Buffalo did that to Tennessee Titans too. They slaughtered them. They, uh, this is a juggernaut. The, the Bills are a very, very good team. Uh, an excellent defense. Uh, and, you know, Pickett looked a lot better against them than Tannehill did. The Tannehill is an established NFL starter. So, I don't know if, if that will fix the issues or not, but one thing's for sure, as you said, once they Pickett was looking good in that first quarter. And then it was like, okay, Rick, here's what we're going to do. We're going to run it on first and second down and not get anything. It sets you up with third and long, you know, and also had a penalty thrown in there that took away a first down, but that created three straight, you know, three and outs. And they, that, they didn't do pick any favors. Against that defense, you don't want to be in third and long against that defense. So, partly, part of that is on Canada. Um, part of that was on execution. So, I don't know if replacing Canada is going to fix that, um, or if it's going to hinder Pickett's development.
0: You know, Tony. One of the things that I noticed, it seemed like they were trying to protect Kenny Pickett from the beginning. Does he mm-hmm. really need that much
1: protection? I don't think so. I think I think it's it, it, it shows in his personality. It, it shows in, you know, you heard things last week from the players, from his teammates saying how he took command of the huddle and he was telling them, hey, look at me. I'm calling the plays, you know, pay attention. So obviously he's, he's a natural leader. Uh, we've talked about that. Uh, he's not afraid. I mean, you know, they're getting their butts beaten the entire game. And like Shannon said earlier, he was fighting to the very end and he looked mad. He didn't look confused or bewildered. He looked mad, which is what you yeah. want to see. And, you know, so I think, I think he could take more on his, on his plate than, than, um, than most rookie quarterbacks. I mean, what, what was the uh, the label on him coming into the, into the draft uh, out of the entire quarterback class? He was the most NFL ready. Well, you drafted the most NFL ready quarterback. You believed in him. You picked him pretty quick, even though there, you had every quarterback at your disposal, you, you've decided to go with him four games into the seat or three and a half games into the season, which is a big move. That's a big move. Everybody knows, you know, people are going to go nuts when you make that kind of move and it's going to be you know, speculation and, and, and just, you know, just air- sensationalism. So you, you got, you, you took a risk by putting that guy in there by putting your $7 million quarterback on the bench. It's time to, it's, it's time to open things up for him and trust him. He's your future and he's 24 years old. And I'm not saying he's going to go out there and be Josh Allen starting next week, but you, you need, you need to, uh, start believing in, in him, uh, and, 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 uh, and, 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 trusting in his abilities and taking more risks. You're one and four. what do you have to lose at this point? It can only get better from here. Uh, I can't imagine it getting any worse. Certainly not on, on, you know, what we saw from, uh, from them on Sunday. So it's time to start uh, taking the training wheels off, uh, Kenny Pickett uh, right away. Some, some, some new people at work get it right away. And I think he's one of those people that you can, you can give him a lot of stuff and he can process it. And, and, and he is, he can, you, you can, you can uh, hasten his development that way. Okay. I was going to ask a question about Matt
0: Canada, but I, w- I want to off on that. Cause we're talking about Kenny Pickett right now. Shannon White, some people, are and i just saw a comment in the section that uh some people don't think that kenny pickett's the guy that you should tank and go all the way to number one and try to get your get a quarterback is kenny pickett the guy for you
2: well it's too early to tell i'm basing my opinion at the moment that's what there was a poll that uh, Jeff in an article at SB Nation poll, you know, asking, are the Steelers heading in the right direction and is Kenny Pickett the future? You're answering at that moment, what your opinion is at that moment. It's trying to gauge, you know, the reaction and the confidence of the fan base. If people were losing their minds saying, oh, it's too early, it's too early. Yeah, it's too early. But based on what I'm seeing from Kenny Pickett, I love the moxie. I love the confidence. I love the competitiveness and the fight. He he. The moment doesn't look too big. He seems to have command of the huddle. He has the respect of his teammates. He's out there giving it everything he's got. Now, is that going to be enough? We don't know yet. Um, he has more talent around him on offense than they had last year. Uh, you know, with George Pickens and the Jalen Warren and the James Daniels and Mason Cole. These guys are playing. Solid football. Uh A core force playing the best football of his career. Now they, they they could definitely need help at left tackle because we don't, you know, Moore is not progressing like hoped. He's doing, you know, pretty decent at times, but, you know, he had two bad, you know, he gave up two sacks yesterday um, where he still gets off balance and called out of position. Uh, maybe that's who he is. Maybe he's no more than a swing tackle. But these are things they have to find out this year. And then approach it in the offseason. But Kenny Pickett gives me hope that he could be that guy. And if he is, then the Steelers can really approach fixing that left tackle, cornerback, you know, defensive line, interior linebacker, all that they can focus on this coming off season. So it would be a great if Kenny Pickett is the answer. It's too early, but I do like the early signs that he's showing us.
0: Yeah, the one thing that you can say about Kenny Pickett is, hey, you know what? He does not have that deer in the headlights mm-hmm. look. Mm-hmm. And I think Tony alluded to that as well. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I like to see that. Now, we're going to get off to, uh, Kenny Pickett here, and we're going to go back to Matt Canada really quick. Do you think Matt Canada is trying to be, this offense is trying to be a little too cute? the reason I'm asking about it being too cute, Tony, is this, it, it feels like they're just trying to fool the people, full other teams, but they're not fooling anybody. And yeah. that's what I feel about this offense here. So my question is, do you just throw that mentality out? Maybe throw away Matt Canada as well. You know, I mean, I don't want to say, you know, this guy should be fired, but if I'm going to get rid of anybody right now, it is Matt Canada. And just go back to simple football that works.
1: Yeah, because this this hasn't worked for for, forever. I mean, it hasn't worked since the end of 2020. And Matt Canada took over because it wasn't working at the end of 2020. And it was the same results with him. So clearly what he's doing is not working. And clearly these opposing defenses have figured them out. And and, and they're they're not adjusting to it. I mean, if this was the way to attack every offense in the NFL, then everybody would do it. And it, it would work, but clearly, you know, that you can't attack the chiefs the way you attack, attack the Steelers. So there's clearly a way to, to attack the, this defense, these defensive formations that, that these teams are have employed time and time again for going on two years. So, um, they have to change what they are doing. They have to stop being too cute. They have to stop, stop out thinking themselves and they have to go back to basics. And, and Tony Romo said it, uh, I think great on, uh, on, on us during the game the best way to, to protect a young quarterback is not by running on first and second down it's by throwing on first down because that's when the, the opposing defenses are are they're they're at their simplest to put it you know simple simply so you know they have to start thinking like that like you know we can't just go out there and 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 uh run on first down and then and then try to open it up on second down we can't um expect our our any quarterback to try to win on third and seven all the time. We have to try to put them in position to, to win on uh, third and two and third and three. And you don't see that very often with this, t- with this offense, it's always third and six, it's always third and seven, it's always third and eight. And it's just not going to work, especially when, it, when when a defense knows what you're going to do. So yeah. Um, you know, do I think they're going to fire Matt Canada mid season? No, it's, it's, what they're going to do is like they did with Keith Butler. They're going to, they're going to demote him. Uh, internally, and we're never going to know about it until later. So that that's probably what's going to happen. But if that has to happen, uh, so be it. But the question is,
0: who's taking over the play calling? Okay. In five games, the Buffalo Bills have eighteen touchdowns. This, you know, where I'm going with this, guys. Yes, I think. Yesterday, James Cook scored the very first rushing touchdown by a running back. Uh-huh. That tells me something there, and that supports what Tony Romo said, that reports, that supports what Tony Defio just said, that that's how you protect your quarterback, by letting him go out there and play football. You cannot let a quarterback run, run, and then try to save you on third down. Mm-hmm. It does not work that way. So I, I'm glad you brought that up. Now, there's been a question about the pass catchers here, too. Look, I'm going to I do not want to lump George Pickens in with the pass catchers. He had eight targets yesterday. He had six catches. One was a catch that wasn't a catch because his hand was down and his foot was in, but his other foot went out. Right. It is that is the role. Mm-hmm. That is actually the role. Um Tony Romo was actually mistaken on that, and Dave Schofield explained that because it's anything else but a hand. Mm -hmm. and that's that's the best way to say that so it it was a beautiful catch and so he caught the football he didn't have a drop i don't know what that eighth one was i don't know what that that other whether it was too high or what it was but i thought he almost looked automatic Mm -hmm. so with that being said guys not everybody else was automatic I don't know if I was watching two separate games. I did not. And you can tell me if I'm wrong here. And I'm sure a lot of people in the live chat will. I didn't think Chase Claypool was as bad as Deontay Johnson yesterday. I didn't think Chase Claypool was that bad at all. Am I missing something here? Or is this just residue from the last year and a half? Because Deontay Johnson was dropping a lot of balls. (laughs) What am I missing on Chase? Shannon, I'll start with
2: you. Well, what it is is again, it is residue of the last year, and and you know, some feelings that people have towards him. But he dropped a pass on a fourth down, uh, that it hit him in the hands and it would have extended the drive. You know, again, they kept getting down in the red zone and they either missed field goals or they had dropped passes, one by Claypool. Uh, that hit him in the hands, and one by Johnson they hit him right in the hands. Uh, Johnson had three drops. He had one where Pickett scrambled to his right, mm-hmm. threw the ball back over. It was a little high, but that's why you get paid millions of dollars. Hit him in both hands. Then it almost got intercepted, and then another one. Pickett hit him along the sidelines. He makes the catch. He gets his feet down this time, which he keeps putting a toe on the line. But this time he got his feet down, but he let the guy knock the ball out of his hands. You know, these guys, they're experienced. They're considered veterans for this team. They have to help Kenny Pickett. you got to help your rookie quarterback by coming through with these catches, and they're just not doing it. But, no, uh, as far as that, that was Claypool's only drop yesterday. And other than that, when he did catch the ball, they used him better, and they used him in the middle of the field and and on shorter passes. And then he he ran over some guys and ran very physical. So I really didn't have a huge problem with Claypool yesterday. I did with Deontay Johnson.
0: And I do as well. And I'm just going to give you these stats. Chase Claypool, nine targets, five catches.
2: Uh Deontay
0: Johnson, five catches as well, 13 targets. And my problem with Deontay Johnson is coming out today and saying, hey, you're still watching though. (laughs)
1: Clueless. I don't know. What does that even mean? (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah uh, so I've uh like you're gonna keep coming back. so that's that's a way to uh to make you public enemy number one again in Pittsburgh when you start talking about that and you do not handle criticism right. well at all. Um, you know, look, I get it right now, the biggest problem on that offense for me, you know, the offensive line is getting better. Uh-huh. I th- I think the uh, the running back situation, you, know, it it took a leap forward the last couple of weeks. Yesterday wasn't as good. Jalen Warren looks like a better uh, a better fit right now because there's some lingering issues with Najee Harris. And of course, when the season's over, we're going to find out how bad that Liz Frank injury actually was. That's that seems like that's what happens then. Not trying to make excuses, but he's not right. Uh but it's the drops from Deontay Johnson and the man that just got the contract should be leading and making those catches and not saying those type of things. Uh So before when people were saying that, you know, you should sit Deontay down or trade Deontay. Now I'm thinking when these drops keep happening, they used to happen late in the season. Now they're happening early and often. Now I think there's a problem because if Mike Tomlin comes out and says, Gunnar Olszewski, hmm. putting one on the ground is, you know, a fumble. Putting two on the ground is a habit. Then look at all the ones that Deontay Johnson's putting on the ground right now. And it's quite disconcerting to me, but I want to talk about the passing game here. And uh, gosh, I tell you what, mackle dude just said it. Najee needs to leak out and grab quick hit passes. My question to you was before I read that was going to be, why aren't they using Najee more out of the backfield? Is it because of his health situation or is it just because they're not scheming it, Shannon?
2: Well, you know, with Ben uh, in his rookie year, they were over-relying on him. They Ben just kept dropping it to him, you know, behind the line of scrimmage and, and, uh, expecting him to, you know, run over three or four guys to try to get the first down. Um, that So it's not something that I'm really excited about saying because it seems like that if he's going to run a route, that's one thing. But just just floating out in the flat and catching the ball and trying to run over three guys, we've seen enough of that. Um, I actually prefer to see Warren catch the ball. He's quicker. He's lower to the ground. He's able to get through these smaller spaces, and and pick up that positive yardage. Uh, Harris does not look 100%. I think the injury, as you said, is is affecting him way more than he's letting on. I I appreciate him trying to be a trooper and a gamer, but Warren needs more touches. That will help Harris hopefully heal, uh, and it will also bring some more explosiveness to the offense who really needs it. I, I mean that end of that game. I don't know if you was who I was paying attention. Uh, the Bills kept the blitz on. They kept applying pressure even when they were up thirty eight to three. Everybody says, "Oh, they dropped off and just give them." No, they didn't. They stayed aggressive, and Warren was breaking tackles. Uh, he broke multiple tackles in his four or five carries that he got, uh, and that shows fight. Pickett showed fight yesterday. Warren showed fight. Pickens, Pickens looked like he was ready to fight a cornerback at one time. Um, That's what you want to see. You know, there's talk of uh, Millett was upset that people, players were laughing on the sidelines. Um, I I seen a stoic Tomlin, no emotion. And I seen a lot of players, that they cared that they were getting beat 38 to 3. But those three young guys did. And and I want to see a build around that.
0: So I'd like to add some guys to that fight on offense. I would say Fryermuth, yeah, it is a concern with the, the concussions. That I think Muth and Gentry, and even Hayward on on those uh two pass catches that he had mm-hmm. at the very end of the game. I thought the tight ends were showing a lot, a lot of fight in that game, and you've got to talk about James Daniels. He has really come on yep. and I love it. I I'll give away that 15 every single time. If right. you're going to go and take care of your quarterback like that. Mm-hmm. Right. uh that that's number one for me. So I think it kind of took time for James Daniels to gel. So we talked a lot about Matt Canada. We talked a lot about this offense. I want to just take a quick second to go ahead and talk about the defense. I feel like, there's there's a possibility where you could fix this offense now the defense to me does not feel like it could be fixed right now i know a couple guys can get healthy and come back and that's that's fine we could talk about that but the defense that's on the field was this it was in the same situation as the bills defense on the field with guys had a fill in they had three major guys out yesterday And actually a couple more, like three or four Mm -hmm. on that defense. And their subs came in and there were no excuses. They played ball. The Steelers on defense did not play ball. We're giving Matt Canada a lot of guff right now. How much guff should Terrell Austin and even, excuse me, Terrell Austin and even Brian Flores get?
1: Tony. A lot. I mean, a lot. I mean, this was supposed to be your strength. Coming into the into the into the season, it's supposed to be the, the, the unit that carried the team through the the tough times that the offense is clearly having, <laughs> and it's not. It's 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 struggling almost as much as uh, as the offense. And yesterday, way more than the offense, even though the offense only scored three points. The defense, I mean, like Shannon said earlier, they could they could have gave up fifty some points. I mean, it was it was it was it was that bad of a beatdown, and and you know Josh Allen was in his zone and, and he had his way with them all day long. Uh, so they deserve a lot, of, a lot of the blame. I mean, if, if I realize who TJ Watt is, but if he means that much uh, to your defense, that tells me that it's like Shannon said, it's not about scheme; it's about star power. And you take your star away, and and you have nothing, nothing left. It, 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 you, you need other stars to step up and make it. Fitzpatrick can only do so much. He tried his best. He was in perfect coverage on that. 62 yard touchdown. He tried to rip the ball away (laughs) and it just didn't work. It just shows you how good Josh Allen is. He put the ball right where it needed to be. You need other guys to step up. Cam Hayward can only do so much. And that brings in somebody like Devin Bush, who should be a star at this point. And he's not, he's far from it. He's non-existent. So you you don't have your, you don't have your stars uh, uh, bailing you out. So now it comes down to the scheme. And clearly they don't, they don't have the, 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 uh, they're not, they're not doing the right uh, things to, to make, to put this defense in, in, in the right position to, to succeed. So yeah, they deserve as much uh, blame as Matt Canada does. All right, Shannon, let me leave with this. Where we were
0: very disappointed in what we heard from Deontay Johnson, the comments of Miles Jack after the game were something that I think you could really build on. Of course, Miles Jack is, right now he's the leading tackler on this team. But, you know, there's other things that he could do. I don't think anybody's way too disappointed with Miles Jack. There's other people that they're looking at first. Other players are looking at first. But his comments, this is one of those that you don't forget. And this is something that he told uh, Joe Rudder of the Tribune Review. When you travel and go into somebody else's house and they throw a party like this, it's never something you forget. It's something you remember years from now. Where do you think that he's going with that? Shannon, do you, do you feel like this is a war cry for the Steelers to get things together? Because he seems pretty upset and pretty invested.
2: And he should be, um, he, he come to Pittsburgh, uh, after going through what he went through in Jacksonville, especially last year. And he come here and, and again, he's expecting, Hey, the Steelers winning culture and the, the, intensity and the ferocity of their defense and the commitment. And he comes in and I'm sure he's seen or, or heard the, the, uh, the lack of intensity, the lack of pride. When you get smacked in the face, you know, you can turn the other cheek and let him hit you on the other side. And that's what the Steelers defense did. And nobody stood up and fought the fight. You see come onto the offense. Uh, the defense just took it. They just bent over and said, all right, have at it. And and that's embarrassing. That's not uh, the standard. That's not the defensive standard in Pittsburgh. Um, You see the frustration from guys like him and Cam Hayward and Mika Fitzpatrick. But again, they need help. And it can't all be T.J. Watt. Um, I hope they they take it to heart. I hope they learn from it. I hope they use it to, to build on because. You either have pride or you ain't going to be around too long. And, you know, they should all be embarrassed. And and, uh, hopefully they are.
0: I love that, Shannon. And I agree with you. And this is the first time on this show or behind the curtain since I've been the podcast producer that I've ever said that I've ever heard the phrase. They just bent over and said, have at it. So um, I do appreciate that analysis there. Um, great job, both of you guys. I'm going to uh, finalize everything here and say, yeah, this has been a rough five games for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Even the win. The, the win was rough too, because a lot of people saw the writing on the wall. I was one person that said, hey, they won their first game. Enjoy it. But they saw the writing on the wall and it feel, it just does not feel good. One, yeah, we're not accustomed to this. And deep down in my heart, I I feel that they're going to fight, and I feel they're going to find a way to pull out some games. Is it going to be good enough to have a winning season? Hey, that winning season record does not matter. Mike Tomlin's streak of winning seasons means nothing. What a winning season means is the fact that this team could figure it out, be mature enough, and have enough hearts beating In 53 collective chests to go out there and not wait till next year to turn it around, try to do it there and now. And that's what I'm looking at from this team, and that's what I'm rooting for every single week. So, if I'm one of those hopeless romantics that will come out every single week and say, Yeah, hey, they did it before they could do it again, that's just what I'm going to do. Doesn't mean I'm delusional, it just means. That I'm the guy that is always rooting for that underdog. I'm the guy that is always, always finding a silver lining in a sea full of crap. Hmm. And that's right now, it's crap what we're watching. But I believe that it's that this is not a team that's going to be complacent. A lot of us feel the Deontay Johnson comments make me feel like they are complacent. That's Deontay Johnson that's one player. When I hear Miles Jack say those words, when I see James Daniels come and pop a guy, when I see Kenny Pickett go after a Shaq Lawson, when I see Mr. Gentry, Zach Gentry, fighting, when I see all Pickens doing whatever he can, and even Claypool, when I see what these guys are doing, because I felt Claypool was fighting for extra yards as well. I feel that this is a team that's that there's some breakout potential in them that we're not seeing right now. So stay tuned, my friends. We're gonna have it here all of it on behind the steel But win or lose, 15-16 losses in a row, we're gonna be here because we are seeing the beginnings of a future. We might not see the fruits, we not be might be able to taste it until 23 or 24. But it's coming. And no matter how you slice it, this is a team that will always find a way to figure it out. Let's just hope they figure it out in 2022. And that starts now, this week, against Tampa Bay. So I'm going to, spoiler alert, I'm going to be that optimistic guy, that hopeless romantic, maybe the blind squirrel that's just looking for a nut and hoping he finds it against Tampa Bay, but I'm going to call it now. They're going to start figuring it out and it happens on Sunday. For Shannon White, for Tony DeFio. My name is Brian Anthony Davis. This has been the Steelers Hangover. We can't do it without each and every one of you. We need you every single time in the live chat and you're special to us. Tony has something to say before we get on out of here.
1: Oh no, I was just I was just uh, copying Shannon. Uh, he was doing a chest bump thing oh, So yeah. yeah, chest bump to all you out there
0: I love it And you know what, just when you think you've got all the answers Tony We keep changing the questions Shannon White, you know what to do Woo! Woo indeed We will see you next week Hopefully. The faith I know it's hard